Welcome, everybody. I'm attorney Andrew Branker for Law of Self-Defense. Yesterday was the third day of testimony in the murder trial of Curtis Reeves, the retired Tampa SWAT captain who shot and killed Chad Olson in a local movie theater in January 2014 after the two men had a verbal altercation that became physical. The state moved through an additional five witnesses yesterday, including the EMS Craig DeJong, who provided aid to Curtis Reeves, specifically flushing Reeves' left eye at the scene. Detective Todd Koenig, who interviewed some of the witnesses on scene. Forensic investigator Susan Miller, who photographed an apparent redness by Reeves' left eye. Medical examiner John Russell Thog-Martin, who did the autopsy of Chad Olson and commented on photos taken of Reeves' face. And finally, then-homicide detective Alan Proctor, who was lead on this investigation and who conducted two recorded interviews with Reeves at the scene immediately after the shooting. The video of all these witnesses' testimony, as well as the recorded interviews of Reeves, are all embedded in the text version of today's content. Before I jump into the substance, though, I do want to mention the sponsor of today's content, which is CCW Safe a provider of legal service memberships that many people mistakenly call self-defense insurance. In effect, CCW Safe pays their members legal expenses if the member is involved in a use of force event. I've looked at all the companies in this space, as you might imagine, and for me, CCW Safe is by far the best fit. I'm personally a member. My wife, Emily, is personally a member of CCW Safe. Whether they're the best fit for you is something only you can decide, but I do urge you to take a look at what they have to offer at lawofselfdefense.com slash ccwsafe. And if you do decide to become a member there, you can save 10% off your membership at that URL, lawofselfdefense.com slash ccwsafe by using the discount code LOSD10. That's LOSD for Law of Self-Defense and the number 10. Also, I'd like to mention that I'll be live streaming my analysis and commentary of today's trial proceedings over at Rakita Law's YouTube channel, as we've been doing through the course of this trial. You'll be able to find today's live stream show for the fourth day of this trial at lawofselfdefense.com slash popcorn four. That's popcorn and the number four. So let's get to yesterday's testimony. The important testimony, the most important testimony of the day, was that of then-homicide detective Proctor in the form of the recorded interviews of Reeves immediately after the shooting, because this interview testimony was largely consistent with the defense narrative of self-defense and inconsistent with the state's narrative of Reeves as a malicious killer who shot Chad Olson dead in a rage at being disrespected and thrown popcorn. I've embedded both those interviews separately from their broader testimony in the text version of today's content for your convenience. There was also the first witness of the day, testimony of EMS DeJong and forensic investigator Miller, also helpful to the defense as their observations of at least some irritation around Reeves' left temple is consistent with Reeves' claim that the physical confrontation began with a blow to his head delivered by Olson, after which Olson engaged in ongoing attacks towards him. The state sought to minimize this testimony of the irritation by the temple by having medical examiner Thog Martin diagnose an absence of injury based solely on photos he was provided of Reeves' face. But the defense effectively impeached Thog Martin's testimony on this point on cross-examination. 
The testimony of then-homicide detective and lead investigator Alan Proctor took much of the afternoon and was largely foundational in nature. In order to get into evidence the recorded interviews I've already shared, the implications of Proctor's testimony, however, go far beyond the interviews, as I expect we'll see today. First, it reaffirmed that then-homicide detective Proctor had interviewed one of the key state witnesses— Then Corporal Alan Hamilton, who was a theater eyewitness, he interviewed him first off recording before doing so as a recorded interview. You'll recall that Hamilton was the eyewitness who in an earlier statement had said that Olson was leaning aggressively over his seat towards Reeves, consistent with a reasonably perceived threat, but then changed his testimony to make it appear less aggressive. Hamilton was then unable to reconcile this important distinction in his testimony earlier this week at trial. Given the nature of Hamilton's earlier statement, this is obviously critical evidence on the key issue of self-defense. The failure of Proctor to record the entirety of this interview with Hamilton is contrary to fundamental witness interview protocol and always carries the risk that what was said off tape either differs from what is on tape or perhaps contaminates what is captured on tape. Indeed, so damaging is this violation of protocol that the state elicited this testimony from Proctor on direct examination in an effort to have Proctor explain the failure away. Proctor's explanation for why he initiated his interview of Hamilton off tape, violating interview protocol, is far from compelling, however, especially given the importance of Hamilton's testimony to this trial, And again, I've embedded this portion of Proctor attempting to explain away this violation of protocol separately in the text version of today's content. Proctor testified to the state yesterday that everything witness Hamilton said off tape was consistent with what he said on tape. That claim, however, is likely to be profoundly impeached in today's ongoing cross-examination of Proctor because of other fundamental errors this lead investigator made in this case. As one example, Proctor dated evidence bags with the wrong year. As another, he put evidence in bags labeled for different evidence. As yet another, he kept evidence, Reeves' holster, in his desk for a week or two after the event, contrary to well-established policy that evidence must be kept in the evidence room. Now, none of these errors by themselves are a big deal, but collectively they undercut Proctor's overall competency and credibility. Sure, the defense is likely to argue. He says that Hamilton's off-tape statement was consistent with the on-tape statement, but can we really trust that claim given all his other missteps? This cross-examination of Proctor is expected to begin first thing this morning and is likely to be conducted by the notably aggressive lead defense counsel Richard Escobar, so that's likely to be quite a show. Again, you can join me for this at the Rakaida Law YouTube channel. You'll find today's live stream at lawofselfdefense.com slash popcorn4. That's popcorn and the number four. All right, folks, just to remind you, all the video of yesterday's witness testimony is embedded in the text version of today's content, so you can find that there for your pleasure. Uh, Remember, if you carry a gun so you're hard to kill, that's why I carry a gun, so I'm hard to kill, so my family is hard to kill, then you also owe it to your family to make sure you know the law so you're hard to convict. All right, folks, until next time, I remain attorney Andrew Branca for Law of Self-Defense. Stay safe.